Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can support us by buying our music, our art, our T-shirts, as well as our books. You can also support us with a one-time donation through PayPal. All links are in the description. If you have access to Spotify, you can listen to my radio station in your car, on your stereo, on your computer, anything that has internet access. God bless. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. I've had a friend who asked me, hey, uh, Brett, what do you think about Noah's Ark? Scientists are claiming that they have actually found the remnants of Noah's Ark. I'll be honest with you, even though I believe in the flood story, I do believe that the world, being that it's 85% water, uh, wouldn't be tough at all to be able to fill the entire planet with water due to the fact that we have so much water underneath our feet, just 400 miles below us, enough water to fill the oceans three to four times over, according to science. And also, I realize that weather patterns were a lot different back in the day. Um, it explains it. The Bible doesn't just say it rains and then there was Noah's Ark story. It said that water actually burst from the earth, giving us not only the reason where the water came from, but also where it went after the flood was over. And, uh, well, the issue is, even though my friend has given me this website where it claims that scientists found Noah's Ark, is I've heard that a hundred times. Uh, scientists have claimed over and over to have found Noah's Ark. I remember whenever I was a young boy standing at a cash register trying to get my Reese's Pieces and Snicker bars so I could successfully fatten myself up, there was an Enquirer newspaper sitting right there by the candy that said that Noah's Ark was found on Mars. I don't know how it got to Mars, but they seem like they had put forth a pretty good article on that. I didn't read much. It was right next to the article on Bat Baby. Now, I'm not mocking the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. I'm mocking scientists and people who write some of these things because I'm pretty sure that if Noah's Ark was sitting around somewhere, I believe that primitive men probably would have used the wood to build some cabins or actually use it for firewood in order for them to keep warm. According to the Bible, I believe the ark was rusted on a mountain and down below was like a vineyard or something like that. And there was a science article where it said that there was an ark that was sticking out of the side of a uh, mountain ledge just above a vineyard. Who knows? Who knows? It's possible. I believe it happened. I just, I have no way of being able to know which Ark story is actually true or where the Ark might be located. There's also a lot of documentaries on the Ten Commandments that have been put around that the Ten Commandments actually uh, are being carried around by people in uh, Arab countries as well as Iran and being protected by... Uh, Muslims and Christians and Jews and all that. That's an interesting concept. I'm sure that probably is the case. I wouldn't be surprised if there's tons of artifacts, as many people know. 
the uh, Muslims had a group a while back that the United States was concerned about. I forget their name, but they were uh, very violent. Not the Taliban. The Brotherhood, I think, is what they were called. These were Muslims that were going around tearing up religious artifacts, destroying churches, doing all that kind of stuff. You get all these atheists who are like, well, where's all the religious proof and evidence and all that? Well, unfortunately, mankind has taken turns pounding a lot of stuff into destruction. So I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of religious folks or even non-believers set all that stuff on fire. I have also watched a lot of documentaries where they say things like um, that some of the churches in Rome as well as other countries have been built over the remnants of older and ancient religions of the pagans. Um, I've also heard that aliens might have been involved in the pyramids. So for me, it's really hard to keep track of the claims and assertions made by mankind. I'm always open-minded. I'm always willing to hear what people think. You know, I'm going on about religious issues, but there's also issues with science that I noticed as well. I've got an entire page on my new website, brettkeen.us, US like in the USA. It's very patriotic. But um, I put up several extremely popular scientific theories that people believed in for the longest time. Like a majority of the world accepted these scientific theories as though they were gospel. Over 10 of them. And uh, every single one of them in the last 50 years were refuted. Like for one, spontaneous generation. Scientists theorize that life forms can come out of non-sentient uh, matter and mass and all this. Well, oh, I've got the burps. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I've been drinking some funky coffee and had a couple of Oreo cookies earlier. These were commonly believed. So when I hear a scientist claim that they've got a theory on something, even if uh, the whole world decides to get on their knees and say, this is the truth, this is what I believe in, I don't always buy it. I'm 45 years old. I can understand why a 20-year-old or a 15-year-old atheist on the internet will uh, accept everything that they're told um, because you lack experience or maturity and probably have lacked the ability to actually research how many times science or religion has uh, had a complicated mess in front of themselves and um, everybody just decided to go with something at that point. One of the reasons I made this video, ladies and gentlemen, was not just to point out that science has been refuted on tons and tons of things, and we also make this faith-based claim that science will repair itself or it's a self-correcting system. Science is not a self-correcting system. That science only exists because mankind put it together and created a method on how to obtain knowledge and figure out things. As long as humans have their hands in anything, whether it's religion or science, there's no self-correcting system unless someone brave enough with the courage comes along and um, gives us proper answers or truth to things. Um, being that there's a lot of scientists out there who make a great deal of money off of their claims, and whenever their theories get put into school books, 
in Time Magazine and Newsweek. It's very upsetting for a scientist if their theory ends up getting proven wrong or has holes in it, and then they end up losing their credibility. Validity. A scientist can lose their job if they make a bunch of claims, and then scientists end up looking stupid, the ones who peer-reviewed things, and it turns out everything's wrong. And that's not a uncommon thing, ladies and gentlemen. That's the reason why I find it curious why I get atheists all the time who say to me, Brett, why do you, um, don't you understand there's a bunch of Christians who believe this or a bunch of scientists are saying this and these are all, you know, like the most fantastic scientists in the world. Who cares? So what? A good scientist is always happy with the idea of someone coming along and trying to either improve on their theory or show the problems in it so they can come up with a better truth about things. That's how it works. So whether you think evolution is real and true simply because they played many videos about it on Channel 9 next to Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, that doesn't impress me. A majority of the world used to believe that the earth was uh, flat. A majority of the world believed that. And nowadays, people laugh at folks who think like that. So, yeah. And these were scientists and religious folks and everything else. It was a religious scientist who actually said, no, the world is seer-shaped. There was people who actually tried to use misinterpretations of the Bible to say that the world was flat. And then if you look in the book of Ezekiel as well as Job, it tells you that the earth is circular and that there's actually a universe around us that we don't live in a snow globe. So being that I'm 45 years old, I just turned 45 on Christmas. I am, um, I'm very, uh, I guess I'm what you call a Christian, but I'm also a hybrid skeptic as well. I question all things, but I'll always listen. I'm always open-minded. I always know that I'm just as much human as the scientists and religious folks out here. So I'm willing to accept that I could be wrong about something or could be right about something. I'm always uh, for that. But I've been asked questions by people, Brett, do you believe in the... Uh, you believe in the Noah story. You believe that the earth is 6,000, 10,000 years old. At this time, no, but I always uh, am more than willing to watch a young earth creationist explain their good reasons or interesting reasons why they think it is a young earth. I'm not one of these type of people where somebody says, oh, it's a young earth, even though I'm convinced that the earth is 4.5 billion years old. And it could possibly even be way older than that, and that humanity could be even way older than what science is even claiming. There's no reason for me to get mad or aggravated at somebody if they decide to make a video explaining their reasons on why it is they think that the world is not what meets the eye. <clears throat> why would I get mad for why would I get angry if someone turns around tomorrow and proves that the earth is pizza-shaped? Or that the moon has aliens on the dark side of it along with a bunch of Transformer robots. Why would I get pissed for? I find it fascinating and I actually encourage people to go out and study, do research, and try to find out whatever you can. If you happen to come across some amount of truth, 
in your claims or about the world and the universe, then I feel like that humanity's uh, come forth because of it. I feel like that's a good thing. I would rather you be out there looking for information than be one of these idiots that just sit around all day and accept everything that you're told. I personally, before we get into some religious claims that I've been asked, do I believe in, <clears throat> I uh, there's a lot of different ideas that I'm open-minded to. Like, for instance, I'm open-minded to the multiverse. I'm open to the idea that God may have created many, many universes. I'm also accepting of the idea that there's different layers to the universe and that there's concepts such as dimensions, other layers, that the universe isn't just some one linear universe and that is it. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my throat's a little dry. I just woke up a little while ago and felt like I wanted to get into this. People have asked me, well, if you believe that the earth is older, um, how do you explain Adam and Eve? Were they real? Well, obviously, if you think about it and you were to use some common sense and you weren't some kind of biased person who had some kind of chip on your shoulder when it came to the Bible, you would have to recognize that at some point in time, there would have had to have been a female and a male running around in a jungle somewhere or in a good environment where they would be able to flourish and they would be able to reproduce and have children. At some point in time, humans begat humans and begat humans. Whether you believe in evolution or not, if you're someone who believes in evolution, you could easily argue that there were a two primates running around in the jungle, I suppose, and one was named Adam and one was named Eve, and they ended up having the first sentient conscious children that ended up producing. You could go with that. With all the different interesting stories I've heard from people, I know some folks would say, yeah, but before you were a primate, you were uh, a rodent, a rat-like creature that looked like a beaver raccoon. And then before that, you were an amphibian and a reptile, and you came from the oceans and all that. At some point in time, though, in evolution, if you were to believe evolution has any truth to it, there had to have been a point where the creature that supposedly ends up becoming us has this moment where it becomes sentient or conscious or several moments where it continues to improve and advance on its consciousness. It begins having dreams, ambitions, visions, desires. It starts experiencing what we call love. So, yeah, if you were to ask me, do I believe that there was some place where it all started, where there were two actual human beings? Sure, why not? Why not? If you're an atheist who goes along with evolution or a Christian who goes with evolution, let me ask you a question about something, and this might be fascinating for you in case you've never even thought about it. At what point in time in evolution does mankind or the creatures before mankind that we supposedly transition from, at what point in time do they become sentient and conscious? Can anybody give an exact date on that? Can anybody say, yeah, back in, uh, you know, zero to the 10 negative, 
this is where mankind started to think for themselves and started to realize that become self-aware and all this. Anybody? Uh, 10 bucks says that none of you are going to be able to do it. Um, the only history that we really have of mankind way back in the day is when mankind decided that they had imagination and creativity. They started drawing on walls and creating their own language, a sophisticated language at that. Um, some of these languages are so ancient and old that we can't even decipher them at this point. Very, very old. I don't know. It's very possible that the Earth could also be much younger as well. And why is that? Because we base upon the age of the Earth, based upon the environment and the rocks and the things that we measure and look at. Well, the problem with that is that our world supposedly has been hit over a million times by meteorites, comets, asteroids, and all kinds of fluctuation and bullshit. Oop, forgive me. I've been trying so hard not to use foul language in my videos. I just screwed up. Yikes. There's been some, so many things that have happened to the Earth, internally as well as externally. They even claim, uh, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you ever heard the story about the, uh, the moon and how the moon came into existence, but it is believed that during the time when the Earth was on fire and in a melting phase due to the universe cooling down, that a bunch of chunks of garbage ended up hitting the Earth and it ended up like taking some of that molten nonsense off of the earth, creating the sphere-shaped moon that we have. That's how they believe the moon got here. It depends. It depends on what you go with. But that's one of the claims of it. There's people out there who ask, did we ever actually step on the moon? Well, some people do have a point about the whole John F. Kennedy and the war and there being a competition being between countries of wanting to see who's the best country in the world, whoever steps on the moon first. And at the time, we did have the um, technology to be able to do a nice black and white, um, you know, stars and make it appear as though we're out in the universe. At that time, we were already in the middle of making TV shows about the Twilight Zone, so somebody wanted to fake it, they could have. Did they? Well, that's a little bit difficult because we've seen a rocket shoot off, right? We've seen it go into the air. But we weren't on the moon either. We didn't actually get to travel to the moon in order to hang out with the people that were supposedly actually on the moon. So I think that's one of the reasons why that conspiracy usually holds up so well. I don't have any dogs in the race, though. I don't give a damn whether we stood on the moon or not, or if it was a CGI thing. I understand what the motivation would have been, though. Hmm. What is my thoughts about the afterlife? I know some people, they, they say, Brett, do you believe in God because you fear death? No. In fact, the afterlife is not the big motivation for me. Unless I get to be with those I love and those I care about, unless the afterlife allows me to be able to continue to experience love and desire and ambition and all this, and also be able to use my creativity and imagination, 
I'm not one of the, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, if I died, what I want to know is all the answers to the universe. I'm not sure that I want all the answers just inserted or instilled into my very being. Like if I die, I immediately know everything. I don't know if I'd want that. That's almost on the same par as being like a god. And if you have all the knowledge and you know everything, I sometimes wonder to myself, how does God not become bored? It's obvious that God becomes wary. God, uh, he can have emotions. He gets angry in the Bible. He gets sad. It even says that God's, God has gotten uh, upset with people or events that have happened. And some people say, how can God get angry or sad if the world, he already sees what's going to happen? Well, it's the same way whenever you see that your kid's running out. And you ever seen that movie Pet Cemetery, where the little boy is running around with the kite and he starts running towards the road? You know what's going to happen, right? You see what's going to happen, but the kid ends up getting hit by the big diesel truck that's going 100 miles per hour anyway. And it's sad, even though you knew what was going to happen and you pretty much had the intuition that once a child runs out in the road, that's it. It doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, go, oh, yes, the kid's going to get hit by the truck. Oh, just right on time. See, told you so. Now, if you truly have emotion and you truly care and you love, love people and love things, then you're going to be upset about that either way. I don't know, folks. I'm a little tired, but I'm just kind of answering some questions out there. Some people ask me, Brad, why didn't you do a live show on Friday? Well, it's because my wife and son and my daughter, they actually wanted to spend some time with me, and we ended up watching a uh, movie called Ghostbusters Afterlife. I reviewed the movie before it even came out at movie theaters when they started like promoting it, and then all of a sudden it pops out so people can go buy it. I predicted that the movie would be 90% about the kids. That it wouldn't actually be like, um, it was still a good movie. The children did good at acting, but the, I don't know. It just seemed like, uh, how do I explain it? It's a good movie, but it's one of those kind of movies that really didn't, it didn't really need all the other nonsense in it. It was that good that, you know, you could still watch it. Something like that, to be honest with you, would have probably been better off a TV show or something. You know, I could I could easily watch a TV show about Ghostbusters, but I guess that would be a lot of money, especially doing the photons and all that stuff. Hmm. There's a great deal of things in the Bible that I believe are true. And uh, other things are also true, but there's two types of true. There is a true of things that happen in reality. And then there's a true whenever a teacher is giving you an analogy in order for you to explain truth. And Jesus Christ in the Bible is considered a teacher. He gives parables hyperbole, ooh, hyperbole, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, as well as he teaches lessons in order for us to understand 
a higher level truth about something. It's kind of like philosophy, Gandhi, uh, some of these ancient sages who tried to explain difficult, complicated things in an unusual manner in order for people to interpret and understand it properly. Basically, so consumers who were listeners could absorb what was happening. And that's what I mean by the two truths. There's the truth of what you see and observe before you, and then there's the truth and the concept and explanation given to you through philosophy, analogies, and um, teachings. And that's how I see the Bible. I see the Bible as definitely inspired by God, that God had his hand in it. But I also see that mankind also had their hand in it as well. And we have primitive men who are trying to describe the supernatural and extremely unusual things that have happened to them. And to be honest with you, if you were to listen to millions of people nowadays who are trying to describe their experiences that happened unusual, they would come off sounding crazy or wild as well. But one thing I've noticed, a lot of the weird stories I've heard from family members and friends, nine times out of ten, a lot of them end up being true, either just a little bit more exaggerated or not as less complicated, but there's always truth to every single thing out there. And that's how I see it. Well, when you guys get an opportunity, make sure you check out my radio, check out my new website. If you have any questions for me, I'd be more than happy to talk about it. I'm kind of tired, and I took an allergy pill last night, so my brain's a little bit like oatmeal right now. Um, if anybody's got some questions for me about asking me, do I believe this or think this, or if you do believe this, and what do you think about that? I, I love being asked questions, folks. I'm not like these non-believers where I'm going to get all upset or aggravated by being asked about things. And if I don't know the answer, then I'm more than happy to look it up and try to find a proper answer for you. God bless. We hope that you've been enjoying God TV Radio hosted by Brett Keen. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless.